Welcome to Bible Breath, where we dig into the Word of God to catch our breath for whatever is coming next. Today, as we continue to talk about our life with God, what it's supposed to look like and why it's supposed to look like that, we're continuing to journey through each of the Ten Commandments, probably the most famous list of laws in the world. And today, we're going to look at the Second Commandment. And just a reminder, there are two different ways that you'll find of numbering the commandments. And we're using the way that they're numbered in a book called The Small Catechism, written by Martin Luther, which is an excellent tool for teaching your family the deeper meaning of each of these commandments. To get into the second commandment, I want you to think about something. What do you think of when I say the following names? Here's the first one. Abraham Lincoln. Okay, here's the next one. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Here's another one. Adolf Hitler. Here's another one. Cookie Monster. <laughs> you thought of something with each of those names, I bet. And what you thought of was the reputation associated with that name, the reputation that they have in your mind. Not everybody would think of the exact same things when they hear those four names, but, but a name is a person's reputation. It is what you know about them. And that's what the second commandment deals with. It deals with not our reputation, but God's reputation. What God wants us to remember about him and how he wants us to put that knowledge into practice. The second commandment says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Of course, the Bible doesn't give us just one name for God. It gives us many different names for God. It calls him Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, the way, the truth, the life, I am, uh, Savior, living, um, uh, living, living God, Mediator, Christ, Prince of Peace, Advocate, Messiah, Redeemer, Deliverer, Lion of the tribe of Judah, you know, all of these, all of these different things, and they all mean something. And so this is going to be one of our Bible buzzwords, God's name. And God's name is every expression God uses to refer to himself and everything that is revealed about him in his word. Each of those names means something specific, but in general, what do all the names that God gives himself in the Bible have in common? God summarized that for Moses one day. In Exodus 34, it says, then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him, with Moses, and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. And so God wanted Moses to remember certain things about the name of God, so that when everybody would hear the name, the Lord, they would remember that he is a Lord who is compassionate. He's gracious. He's slow to get angry at us. He's abounding in love. He's perfectly faithful. He loves us. He forgives us. And yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. God wanted everyone to know that he's serious about loving us and also serious about sin. That's what he wants his reputation to be. And how do we help the world have that same mindset when it comes to God? Well, by keeping this commandment, we shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And so what are ways that we can misuse his name? Well, there are a couple. Um, cursing would be an example. Uh, to curse someone, uh, we can 
see what that was like in, uh, in the Old Testament and um, the account of Balak and Balaam. Uh, cursing is going to be one of our Bible buzzwords. To curse means to use God's name to wish evil on someone or something. Balak had hired Balaam, who was a prophet. He had hired him because he wanted to, he wanted to pay him to send a curse from God down on, down on God's people. And that's basically, that is what it is to curse, to say, say I'm going to ask God to punish you for something. And Balak didn't have a good reason for asking Balaam to do that. And so it was a violation of this commandment in particular then. He was asking him to curse in a way that, that he should not. Uh, you might also misuse God's name by swearing. Now, by swearing, I don't mean cuss words. By swearing, I mean using God's name to assure someone that you are telling the truth. You say, I swear to God that. Now, it's not always wrong to swear. You can swear in a court of law. That's okay. You know, when, uh, when you need to appeal to a, to a higher being and, and asking God to back you up on what you are about to say when you're on the witness stand, that's, that's an okay use of, of swearing and an okay use of God's name. But, but it's sinful when we swear in uncertain things, like things that we're not confident about or in things that you're being flippant about, um, or certainly if it's a lie. <laughs> if, you're, if you're saying, I swear to God that, and you tell someone that was a lie, bringing God into your lie is, is never a good idea. Uh, which brings us another way that we can misuse God's name, and that is basically to lie. You may be familiar with the account of Ananias and Sapphira in the Bible. They belonged to the church. They were prominent members of the church. They gave offerings to the church. And at one point, they told a lie about those offerings. They had sold their property, and, and they, they gave some money to the church, and they kept some for themselves, which was their right to do. But when they brought the offering to the church and said, we're giving this money to the church, and they asked, oh, that's great. How did you get this? They said, we sold our property and we're taking all of the money that we sold and we're giving it to the church. They were doing something good, but they wanted people to think that they were doing something bigger than what they were really doing. And so they lied. But God caught them in their lie. He gave them a chance to fess up to it. But they didn't take that chance. They continued to live in the lie and continued to use the church and their activity in it as a place where they could support that lie. It was a misuse of God's name, giving the impression that the God that I worship is okay with my lie and God didn't let them get away with it. And so there are some ways to misuse God's name, to, to curse, to swear, to lie. Uh, another place might be, um, we don't often call it witchcraft today, but, uh, but, but witchcraft, the um, calling on Satan, calling on demonic forces, to try and do something or to try to know something that, that God doesn't want us to do or God doesn't want us to know. An uh, example might be like a Ouija board or looking, um, you know, looking to, to horoscopes and different, different things like that. Um, these can all be ways that we misuse God's name. And Martin Luther, who wrote the small catechism, he identifies all those ways in his explanation to the second commandment when he says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And he asks, what does this mean? He writes, we should fear and love God that we do not use God's name to curse, swear, lie, or deceive, or use witchcraft. Those are things we should stay away from. But he also goes on to say some things that we should not stay away from. That's in the second half of his explanation. He says, we should call upon God's name in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. And the Bible gives us some great examples of what that looks like, to honor God's name with praying, praising, and giving thanks. One example is Elijah. He was a prophet in the Old Testament, and one day he was, uh, 
there was a throwdown between Elijah's God and, um, and, and false gods, the prophets of Baal. They were worshiping a false god called Baal. And they went up to the top of the mountain on Mount Carmel and they, they came up with a competition. He said, we're all going to build an altar, we're each going to build an altar and we're going to pray to our God and whichever God sends fire down from heaven to light the altar on fire, to light the sacrifice on fire and consume it, that's the real God. And so the prophets of Baal went first and they set up their altar and they put the animal on it and they cried out to their God, dear Baal, send down fire from heaven so that everybody knows that you are the true God. But the fire never came. They tried for a long time, for many hours, um, got very exhausted until Elijah finally said, why don't you guys take a break? And he set up his own altar, put the animal on it, doused it with water, and then said, Dear God, so that everyone will know that you are God, send fire. <laughs> fire came down from heaven. And everyone knew that Elijah's God was the real God. That was a great use of God's name, praying to the real God. Another example could be uh, you know, what it means to use God's name well. Look in the Old Testament life of Joseph. Joseph was sold by his brothers. Didn't have a great relationship with them. They sold him. A number of years went by. Joseph, a lot of hard things happened to him. Ended up sitting in prison for something he didn't do. And along the way, God gave Joseph an uncanny ability to interpret dreams. And so one night, the Pharaoh of Egypt, where he was, where he was sitting in prison, he had, a, he had a dream that he didn't understand. And someone had whispered in his ears, like, oh, this guy in prison, Joseph, he's shown an ability to interpret dreams. And so the Pharaoh, who was very troubled by his dream, he summoned Joseph in front of him. And he asked Joseph just straight up, he said, I hear you have the ability to interpret dreams. And you know what Joseph said to him? He said, no, actually, I don't. And you might think, well, that was kind of a crummy thing to say. Like, <laughs> like this is his chance to get out of prison. And he can say, like, like this was it. And he's basically shutting the door on that, or at least that's what it seemed like. But, but Joseph didn't want to give himself credit for doing something that only God can do. He said, I don't have the ability to interpret dreams, but God, my God does. My God does. And then he went on not only to interpret the dream, but first he told the Pharaoh what his dream was. Um, so he praised, he praised God in a great way. He wanted God to get all of the honor, all of the attention great example of how we keep the second commandment, giving God the credit for the good things in our life. Another example of how to keep the second commandment, how to honor God's name, we can see in the life of Daniel. And there we also see the impact that us honoring God's name can have on somebody else. We've talked about Daniel previously. He was thrown into a den of lions as punishment for not worshiping the king. The king actually really liked Daniel, and he was very sad to throw Daniel into the den of lions. But he had to, he had to stick by his word. And so he threw Daniel into the den of lions. The king did not sleep at all that night. And in the morning, he ran to the place, to the, to the den where Daniel had been thrown to the lions and he yelled down. He said, Daniel, was your God able to save you? And Daniel replied, yes, he was. He gave thanks to God. And that had an impact on, on the king who had thrown Daniel in there. It says, then king, then the king, in Daniel chapter 6, says, He wrote to all the nations and the peoples of every language on earth. He said, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and revere the God of Daniel, for he is the living God. He wanted everyone to know that Daniel's God was the real God. And so what, what Daniel did, honoring God's name, even though it could have cost him his life, it had an impact on somebody else's life. And you can do the same thing.
when we honor God, we honor God's name and we help the world see the, the true reputation of our God, the God who loves, the God who forgives, the God who saves, a God who will not fail to be there for us. When you live that out in your life, people will notice because you will be somebody who's living with hope, with hope, with a trust in something that is greater than yourself, with a trust in a love that, that bleeds for you, that longs for you, that loves to care for you. When people see you putting your hope in something like that, they will notice because there is nothing else in this world, nothing else that anyone can ever find that can produce the same hope that we find at the cross and the empty tomb of our Savior Jesus. Use his name well, so that the rest of the world can see what a great reputation our God ought to have in everyone's minds.